0: You know, today, if you need to find your way somewhere, we don't lack for technology or help. You take your choice. You can pull up Google Maps. You can find the route to your destination, how long it's going to take, how many miles. You can use the app called Waze, which gives you alternate routes. If there's traffic, it also gives you little hints like where cars are stalled alongside the road, or there's policemen, if that's an issue for you um, while you're out driving. (laughs) So it's almost impossible to not find your way if you're seeking directions. It's almost impossible, I think, sometimes to lose your way if you're seeking direction in your spiritual journey. At least that's what I believe and think and want to think. But it seems we sometimes do lose our way or sometimes we have lost our way or we can lose our way. Jesus identified his own mission in Luke, that he came to seek and save the lost. So it's my guess that Jesus knew that we would either lose our way or sometimes get lost, confused, and have to find our way back. And so that was part of his mission. So many today seem to be seeking. And we seem to have lost our way as individuals and as a society. This is what I have been feeling, say, over the last few days. We feel more anxious and fearful than ever before, so I appreciate the words of of hymns leaning on the everlasting arms and those things that remind us and even the, the passage of Scripture this morning in John 14 where Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me. We feel more anxious and fearful, we feel more polarized and angry than ever before, we feel more stressed and tired Than ever before, we've we become so numb sometimes to what's going on around us. Some, sometimes to the violence that we change the channel so we can find more upbeat news. And even among churches, I think there's an anxiousness that senses the world has changed drastically overnight, and we're unprepared on how to speak to its condition. Sometimes there's a feeling of what happened and where did it all go. And a way forward seems uncertain and unclear and we, we look and we desire a different way but we're unsure as to what that way looks like or where we will find it. This is why I love Thomas as the disciple. Thomas is so honest and so straightforward in the Bible. And here in his conversation with Jesus he asks the question, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? This is the same guy who a little later has a whole lot of trouble believing. It's as if his questions constantly give rise to newer understanding. How do we know the way? And Jesus responded, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have really known me you will also know the Father. From now on you know Him and you have seen Him. In other words, Jesus says to His disciples, you want to know what God looks like Look at me. Watch me. Follow me. Pay attention to me. If you want to walk in the way of God, do what I tell you and follow me. Now these verses that I just read out of John 14 that Dina read have often been used evangelistically and that's important, but sometimes we miss their transformative potential from a discipleship perspective. In the preceding verses, just to kind of drill down a few moments, when Jesus refers to my father's house. We often take that to maybe mean a a heavenly place or a heavenly mansion and and we believe in in afterlife and, and the hope of heaven. But heaven is never really mentioned in this particular chapter. So maybe Jesus is talking about something else. Maybe what he's saying is rather than someplace far off and distant, maybe what he's saying is my presence is always going to be here with you. You don't have to go far. I am home with you and you are home with me. I dwell with you and you dwell with me. So maybe another way of hearing it would be this. Jesus saying to his disciple, God's presence is everywhere and you can dwell with God wherever you are. If you want to trust God, then trust that what I teach you and show you is a way to live that leads to life. Trust that what I teach you is the way to go and the way to live. God has prepared a way for you to live constantly in His presence and that way is found through following me, Jesus. This manifestation of God in the present. And the way that I show you is the true way that leads to life. It is a way out of bondage to our own sin, our own self-centeredness, and our own self-destructiveness. And it is a way forward towards the abundance and wholeness God promises, in other words, salvation. And salvation is one of those huge words that means so much but at its core it means to make whole, it means to heal. In other words in this whole process of salvation God is healing us and God is making us whole and that involves forgiveness and that involves reconciliation and that involves healing of our own sins and self-destructiveness that involves promise for when we die but it also involves this wholeness and healing that God is doing right now. And I suspect that what Jesus is saying is the way into that is by following me and trusting that what I teach you is true. Or if I could put it in just very pragmatic terms, it works. It really, really, really works. Now this brings us to our identity statement as listed in your worship bulletin. The identity statement for our meeting that you see your right hand side. And we've been unpacking that um, the last couple Sundays um, and through next Sunday. And this morning we want to focus on the sentence I think that's in bold that reads this, "...we seek to live in the way of Jesus through our faithfulness to His leadings and our Quaker testimonies of simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, and service." Here's the thing, early friends, Quakers, believed that a person's actions communicate much better than their words. One could verbally testify about their faith, but what really speaks is when when one's life is a living testimony of their faith. Uh, Quaker writer uh, Doug Gwynn, um, I love how he frames it when he writes writes this, quote, Our actions communicate. The way we live reveals what we really believe, whatever we may say. Our actions testify to the goodness we have learned from our inward teacher, or they testify against us. Whenever I read a quote like that or an understanding of Quaker testimonies, and I've shared this illustration before so I'm going to give you the shorter version, but it just stands out to me so much when Linda and I were invited to a concert years ago. It wasn't really our style of music but you know, we went with some friends and it was going on rather late? There was like two or three or four groups, one right after the other. And there was a woman in front of us and we stood most of the time because there was a lot of standing, a lot of clapping, a lot of praising. And she had her small child with her which was kind of late for this child. And the child was understandably fussy, the child was understandably noisy and was ready to go. Three bands ago, And so as the bands were playing and as everyone was singing, as she was giving praise and thanks, and she would just be so outward with praise. And then she would look down at this child and she would say, I told you to be quiet. I told you. And she would just be so harsh. And I had a hard time putting the praise together and the attitude toward the child. Now, I'm not one to judge how one parent's their child. I probably made more mistakes than I did successes. But I will say this. It may have been in that moment the godly thing to do was to take the child home and put the child to bed. Now when I read this I wonder how often have my actions testified against me rather than for me? How, action, how often have my actions betrayed my words and my language? Or how often have they, were they congruent with it? So if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, then the testimonies are this fruit of our remaining connected to Jesus as the vine. As Jesus is recorded as saint apart from me you can do nothing. So as a, faith meet, as a faith community meeting we seek to live in the way of Jesus and we seek to do that through living out these actions of simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, and service. And we believe that as we remain connected to Jesus we'll be shown ways in which we can faithfully apply these in our lives. Jesus will show us through our own personal leadings. Jesus will show us as we contemplate how we live them out. Jesus will show us, I believe, as we think about our daily actions and our daily routines. I really appreciate how one person describes what Jesus says this way. Whenever I look at the list of things Jesus instructed His disciples to do, I'm struck with bewilderment and awe. We are truly being invited into a whole new way of being human. And I am struck by that phrase. We are truly being invited into a whole new way of being human. There is so much in our culture today that dehumanizes. That Jesus offers us a way, a whole new way of being human and possibly a way forward towards humanizing our world. I had a conversation with a Quaker out of Davidson, North Carolina a few years ago who started a silent meeting in his own place of work, silent worship. And I was struck by that. As a lawyer he was able to do that for years, would hold this silent meeting for worship every day. And people would come and they would meet. And so I asked him one day, I said so what was the benefit of this? I was wondering did it help make people more Quaker? Did it help people get more interested in church, in God? I wasn't sure. I was just curious. I said, what was the fruit of this? And he thought for a moment and he said, I think it made us more human. And I was struck by how he related that their practice of worship and silence made them more human. So maybe our Quaker testimonies is more than just a nice sounding ethical teaching. Maybe they are a way of inviting us into a whole new way of being human. I stated earlier that we're a society that maybe has seemingly lost its way. Maybe the way of Jesus and the way of our Quaker testimonies are this invitation to help us rediscover our way back to life and its abundance and to recover our humanity. So for example, in a society where we have lost our way through overconsumption. Overcommitment, overextending ourselves, and even overspending, we are invited and we invite others into a life of simplicity that is grounded in the simplicity of Jesus and the kingdom of God, and we recover our life. Maybe in a society where we've lost our way through division and violence and polarization and vengeance and retribution, we are invited and we invite others into a life of peace. That's grounded in the peace of Christ in our hearts to know the forgiveness and reconciliation of Christ and to share that with the rest of the world and we recover our peace. And one of the ways that we recover our peace is by finding the peace of Christ in our own heart that we can share that with others. Maybe in a society where we've lost our way through shading the truth, through dishonesty, through false advertising we're invited and we invite others into a life of integrity where our words and actions are integrated. A life where there's no longer any duplicity and our yes is yes and our no is no. A life where truth is spoken in love and we recover our soul because we're just, we're finally being honest with each other. Maybe in a society where we've lost our way through isolation and loneliness and individualism and coveting personal rights, we're invited and we invite others into this life of community where we seek to share life with others. We encourage one another. We build one another up, we care for one another, we seek common ground and we make it our effort to realize that no longer will anybody be invisible. And we build community and we recover our relationships. Maybe in a society where we've lost our way through discrimination, racism, misuse of power and hierarchy, we're invited and we invite others into this life of equality where everyone is treated with dignity and honor and everyone is valued as created in the image of God and there we recover our humanity. And maybe, I'm getting to the last one, In a society where we've lost our way through self-absorption and each one looking out for their own interest, we are invited and we invite others into this life of service where servanthood and giving back is this natural byproduct of faith life as well as the rent we pay for living life on earth. And we recover this common good that we're all in this together and we serve one another. All of this is more than this Fancy ethical teaching. This is a life seeking to live in the way of Jesus as shown to us in the life of Jesus. And Thomas the disciple asks this all-important question, how can we know the way? I think we know the way through paying attention to Jesus' life, listening to Jesus as He guides us through the leadings He places in our hearts. We can know the way through carrying on our living tradition of of the Quakers which has story after story of folks who lived courageously as their actions testified to their deep faith in Christ. And by the way, I checked the calendar before we came into worship. It is exactly six weeks now before Easter, six weeks in Lent. What if each week, starting this week, we, you, it's really up to you, took one of those testimonies and ask God how each of us could show up this week trying to practice one of those. This week is a week of simplicity. Next week is a week of peace, then integrity, then a community, then equality and then service. And that brings us right up to the week of Easter. I want to quote author Doug Gwyn one more time and he says this when he talks about um, the faith of the early Quakers. He puts it this way, Of course the faith of Jesus isn't all about getting beat up or spending time in jail and he writes that because most early Quakers spent most of their time getting persecuted and beat up and put in jail. He adds this, the more common everyday symptoms include love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Paul called these symptoms, quote, the fruit of the Spirit. Big dramatic moments, they're not built out of Big dramatic moments are built out of small everyday moments as the Spirit steadily bears fruit in our life. So when you're headed somewhere you often have more than one way you can take. I take about two or three different ways to the meeting house. We have a couple ways we can take when we're visiting family. Sometimes I don't like to tell Linda which way I'm taking until the very last moment she gets nervous and she says, so which way are you going to take? At which point I decide maybe we're at that point maybe we're at that point as a people as a quaker movement and forgive me for being maybe dramatic at this point but as cities as communities and as neighborhoods the question is clear which way are you and i going to take i'm not much of a gambler never gambled and, and, and I've decided that I'm going to do the best as I can to continue that. And, and I've had a few people buy me some gambling tickets for the Reds to win the World Series, which has been a pretty safe bet if you're a Reds fan. <laughs> I've never gambled, but I will tell you this. I'm going to place all of my chips as I can on the way of Jesus. I will probably fall down plenty of times. I'm sure I'll make a few wrong turns, but I'm hoping that over time the way of Jesus becomes so familiar in my life that it will become like those routes I don't even need a map to tell me how to go. I just know it and maybe over time the way of Jesus will be that, so familiar to me I'll increasingly be able to practice the kinds of actions and behaviors that will keep me on that way. What I do know for sure is this that that way, Jesus' way, leads to life and it's life-giving. It's also very counterintuitive as it may seem to many folks. Loving your enemy, praying for those who persecute you, going the extra mile with folks, showing respect and honor rather than contempt, practicing peace and nonviolence, refraining from judging, leaving that after God, entering into reconciliation, and as con- counterintuitive as it may seem, and everything within me will want to do the opposite. I'll keep remembering this, that this may be the only way we have that will help us know what it means to be human In a whole new way. And Lord knows, and I mean that literally, (laughs) and Lord knows we need a whole new way of being human in our world today. Thomas asks, We don't know the way, Lord. Show us the way. I think Jesus has. I think Jesus always has, and Jesus always will. And I think it's the best bet we have to regain our humanity. I think the question is, which way will we take? Which way will you and I take? Which way will we go moving forward?